Welcome to Rose Tinted, a podcast where we challenge the limits of our nostalgia by re-examining some of our favourite childhood movies. I'm Ollie Chip. And I'm Paddy HK. And today we will be discussing A Bug's Life. Yes, yes, welcome back. Welcome back to the second part of our first two-part episode. A momentous occasion indeed, Ollie. How are you feeling about it? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm just, my mind is blowing that we're doing two in a row and putting them together. Into one, well, they're going to still be released separately, so it's the like laziest two-parter ever, but um, <laughs> it's still technically a two-parter. To be fair, mate, it takes a lot of effort to write part one and part two at the start of the episode title, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And we have to do the additional thinking you know, there's the additional thought space that goes into comparing not one but two movies together. Yeah, and we couldn't have picked two movies that were more different either. I know. It's a lot of brain power anyway to compare two movies together, but when they're so different, yeah. it's really, really challenging. So I think, you know, I think credit where credit's due. I think we're doing a good job of, of a like otherwise very complicated thing. Yes, indeed, indeed. So yeah, if you're unaware of what we're doing here, this is actually part two of our rose-tinted extravagant <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> How long have you had that written down? Since before last week, mate. Since before last week. I've been waiting. I've been here on the edge of my seat. It's like, so Paddy, why did A Bug's Life make the list for you? Oh, I've got a joke I wrote about ants that I really want to tell. Yeah, I'm just a sucker for ant puns. That's why we're here today. Um, but yeah, all uh, terrible puns aside, if you're joining us for the first time, basically, I would highly recommend you go and listen to part one on ants first before you listen to this episode, because uh, we will be doing direct comparisons between the two movies. That's sort of going to inform the discussion a little bit today. But before we get to that, I just need to give a bit of background info about this podcast to anyone who may not have heard it before. So Ollie and I are old friends who compiled a list of our favourite childhood movies so we can revisit them one by one to see if they still hold up to scrutiny. Some loose rules for our selection process, the movies have to bear some kind of significance to our childhood or early adolescence, and we try to only select movies that we have not watched since that time. So, without much further ado, Ollie, why don't you tell us a little bit about A Bug's Life? I just want to start by saying, this is the first Pixar we've done. That was really a surprise to me, because I thought we would have... I don't know. Is this an obvious Pixar? I wouldn't say it's an obvious Pixar. And in fact, that sort of ties into my personal history with the movie. Of all the Pixar movies, you know, the big hitters that have been released, I would say this one's probably the one I've seen the least. Mm. If anything, if we weren't doing this side-by-side comparison with Ants, the first Pixar movie I would have done would have obviously been Toy Story. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it um, it is shocking that it's taken us this long to get to Pixar, to be fair. But to be fair, we only just got to Disney. Disney in general, so... You know, it is what it is, I suppose. True. The animated ones, uh, I don't know, we launched into Pokemon movie and that was the first yeah. animated movie we did and that sort of put me off massively from even looking at them until now. Yeah, absolutely. It set a really daunting precedent for the rest of <laughs> yeah, these it really movies. did. It really did. <laughs> absolutely. But anyway, so uh, it was released in 1998. It's um, Pixar's second 
feature after Toy Story in 95. Immensely successful, 363 Mm. million US dollars at the box office. Again, it's really strange. These two films, for some reason, have really varying accounts of their budget because the Ants one was, you know, fluctuated from 50 to 60 up to 120 million. And this one's done the same, 45 to 120. Mm. I don't know which one to believe. Mm. Um, But I think I said last episode that Ants cost more. So um, I'm assuming it's the lower end of that scale, but I couldn't tell you for a fact. Either way, regardless, it's made a lot of money and really did hammer home how much of a juggernaut Pixar was going to be as an animated production company. Mm. The film is co-directed, but mainly directed by John Lasseter, who um, up until recently was a huge part of the Pixar Disney uh, behemoth. Yeah. He got sort of let go in 2017. I think he had misconduct charges leveled against him or something. I don't know how much you know about that. No, not very much at all, to be honest. Why are these movies about bugs, like, riddled with people who have, like, dubious sexual histories in the industry? Like, we've got Woody (laughs) Allen, we've got Kevin Spacey, we've got John Lasseter. Like, they're all, no pun intended, coming out of the woodwork, so to speak. Oh, my God. You've got the second worst pun of the episode already, and we're, what, five (laughs) minutes in? Like, Jesus Christ. Um, But, yeah, I suppose the bigger question there is not... Why do all these bug movies have these sexual predators involved with them? But probably more, why do just movies have so many sexual predators yeah. involved with them? But that's probably that's a broader discussion, isn't it, really? And one that will make me very sad. So let's just try steer clear for now, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair play. Um, it stars Dave Foley as Flick the protagonist um, Kevin Spacey as the antagonist Hopper we've got Julia I think is it Louis Dreyfus or Louise Dreyfus I'm not sure who plays Princess Atta who for the longest time I thought was Princess Anna until I watched it literally two days ago Uh, and Dennis Leary as well so it's actually other than Kevin Spacey I think a modest cast certainly compared to Ants oh yeah 100% I mean I would say the one other big hitter there that you've listed is Dennis Leary who was pretty huge at this time yeah true but you know not in the same ballpark as stallone and jennifer lopez and all of those romance um so yeah that's the production information broadly and would you like my two summaries yes please give them to me uh right okay so this is my version of the back of the vhs box sort of plot summary flick is a small ant with big ideas unfortunately not everyone sees it that way least of all the queen to be princess atta to her the purpose of the ant colony is to pick food for a dastardly bunch of grasshoppers led by hopper But Flick has other plans. Can unique thinking and a bunch of outcast circus bugs save the colony and defeat Hopper and his gang? (laughs) Very good, very good. I mean, our podcast listeners can't see this, but I especially like the face you made after that. (laughs) They're like, oh, inquisitive face. When I wrote it, I wasn't sure about it. No, it's very good, very good. I enjoyed that summary. Um, Yeah, and what's your one-sentence summary? Science nerd revenge fantasy played by pests. Yes, interesting. We'll overthrow those jocks eventually. Those grasshopper jocks. (laughs) (laughs) On their motorbikes, (laughs) quote-unquote. So yeah, why is A Bug's Life on the list? for you well obviously uh we sort of talked about why we were doing this comparison between the two movies in our last episode so i'm not really going to touch on that if you want to know a bit more about that i'd suggest going and listening to the previous episode but the personal history i have with this movie individually i was just very much into pixar obviously when all these movies were coming out and they developed a really strong reputation very quickly for a reason and i think it's largely because their movies were so jointly accessible to both adults and children 
children. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that Pixar movies were some of the few movies that my parents were just as equally happy to go and see as I was, you know? Yeah. Like I said earlier, my first kind of real exposure to these productions was Toy Story. And I suppose why I was curious to revisit this one is it is the it is probably the Pixar movie that I've watched the least. I think I've seen it maybe twice before this viewing, mm-hmm. maybe twice, maybe three times. And I didn't remember very much from it at all. Like I said, it's sort of one of the Pixar movies that faded into the background for me. Like I loved Toy Story. I loved uh, Finding Nemo. I loved The Incredibles, you know. But this one, for some reason, I always seem to sideline a little bit. So I didn't remember very much at all. I remembered Hopper uh, being quite a scary and effective villain. Mm -hmm. I remembered the ants building a giant fake bird. So that's sort of their way of defeating the grasshoppers, isn't it? They come up with this plan to build a fake bird to scare Hopper because he's got a phobia of birds. Rightly so as well, right? Oh yeah, 100%, 100%. I remembered something about a bunch of seeds falling down a chute and I remembered the caterpillar being German and that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Had affinity with the caterpillar because of his heritage. Yeah, he was obviously my one point of identification in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is tragic. Yeah, the German caterpillar that could never quite become a butterfly. (laughs) (laughs) that's going to be written on your tombstone that is oh please don't that's too much that's too much for me right now on a thursday evening (laughs) oh no but what about you what's sort of your personal relationship with this movie um it's quite different to yours actually i really liked this when i was a kid and i watched it a lot it was sort of probably on a par with toy story and toy story 2 in terms of frequency of viewing i'm always astounded by the first six Pixar movies. Mm. So if I just reel these off for you, Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles. They're the first six movies released. And I'm always massively depressed at how long ago these movies were released. Oh, yes. Like, Finding Nemo is 2003. It's nearly 20 years old, that movie. And in my mind, they are still fresh and engaging and entertaining. Usually with animations, I think time takes its toll, you know? Like, they don't stand the test of time in the same way a live-action movie might. Yeah. But you always just get the impression that they just always look fabulous. Particularly Monsters, Inc. and Finding Nemo. Yeah. But yeah, A Bug's Life was in... Those first six were, like, my favourite movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, And yeah, so it was a really, really important film in my childhood. There's quite a few lines of dialogue that I sort of remember from the film, but there's quite a few vivid characters, which we'll talk about a little Mm. bit later on, but they're the main things that jumped out at me. Like, the circus bugs are all very unique, and they sort of have a real strong presence in my mind, particularly, like you said, Heimlich, the caterpillar. (laughs) Interestingly, the ant characters, not so much, Mm. but all the other sort of bugs really did stick in my mind, and I can remember certain lines of dialogue from them and things like that. So, yeah, it had a real presence in my life and um, I'm really fond of this film actually okay which might make me a little bit biased in this comparison we're about to do I'm not gonna lie to you (laughs) well they are going head to head Uh, to be honest I think it will be an interesting discussion because I think they both very much have their own strengths and weaknesses and actually I think their strengths and weaknesses really complement each other so the strengths of this movie really sort of highlight the weaknesses of ants and vice versa so I'm actually really looking forward to this discussion so why don't we just get straight into it um shall we move on to talk about the things we enjoyed in this movie let's do it 
Okay, Ollie. So why don't you start us off? What did you enjoy about this movie? Uh, well, it makes sense to continue on the thread that I just started pulling out there is the strength of the characters and mm. the colour that they bring to the story. I personally think that Hopper is a fantastic villain. Oh, yes. Especially in comparison to the villain from Ants, who is slightly less... Um, He's less charismatic. Yeah, absolutely. And you just get the impression that Hopper's like this sly, intelligent, mm. strong uh, villain. And... He's brilliant. And although he's a scumbag, like Kevin Spacey does a good job in his voice as well. Yeah, absolutely. I had no idea it was actually Kevin Spacey, to be honest with you. I didn't recognise his voice at all. Oh, really? No, no. It's. I was actually surprised when you told me that. Oh. Um, but yeah, let's try not to praise him too much because that just gives me an ick feeling generally. <laughs> Um, But yeah, I fully agree. I think Hopper's a fantastic character and the way he's characterised actually speaks volumes about the strength of this movie in terms of how it presents character. Mm. So a lot of his character is presented through his physicality. So the way he walks is like really particular, these long laboured strides that just kind of like seem to step over absolutely everyone in his wake. And then he's got his like little antenna that flick around and feel people's faces when he wants to smell them and stuff like that that so yeah i mean he's an awesome character and you're absolutely correct generally speaking the characters in this movie are just very distinctive and very strong in a way that ants really struggles to match i think yeah what pixar always do incredibly well is give human characteristics to non-human characters. And another little nuance of Hopper that I thought was really lovely is that they've obviously looked at the anatomy of a grasshopper and they've used like the wings on his back when he's walking upright. It looks like a jacket with tails on it and he walks with his hands behind his back and it looks like a robe or a cape. Yeah. They just did a really fantastic job of bringing the characters to life that Ants really did struggle with. Ants almost looks like, to me, the stage before completion. And Mm. Bug's Life looks like the finished product. Yeah. Like, the Ants characters look like unfinished models of what the Bug's Life ones are. That's really quite harsh, but I don't know, if you put them side by side, it's really noticeable how much more animation has gone into the movements and particularly the facial expressions of the Ant characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's actually down to the design of the characters themselves, not necessarily the technology that they're using. Because obviously this costs less to make than ants so it's not like they had more technology at their disposal i think they were more clever with their character designs yeah i absolutely agree and you actually mentioned even though obviously the strongest character ensemble in the movie is arguably the circus bugs yeah i still think they did such a good job of making the ants distinctive from each other as individuals while still kind of hammering home this idea of them being this singular collective so any ants with spoken dialogue in this movie have something unique about their physicality or um, the way that they're presented on screen. Whereas I think you're right, in Ants, there is just a certain level of detail that is lacking compared to this. They're all, all the character features are very smoothed over in a way. Whereas in this, yeah, they are all unique characters. And I think we should probably talk a little bit about the circus bugs because they're the most emblematic of that in in my opinion yeah who's your favorite oh man do you know what i am so biased when i say this but it's absolutely the stick bug (laughs) slim yeah slim the stick bug yeah and the only reason is because i immediately recognized his performer so the actor doing his voice it's david hyde pierce and i just find him as a performer absolutely hilarious anyway if you haven't really ever explored frasier it's totally worth watching just for his performance he's fucking amazing in it and yeah 
as soon as that stick insect opened its mouth, I was like, oh my God, it's Niles. And uh, it just made me crack up immediately. <laughs> so yeah, I think he's my favorite. I also like how he's constantly going through this existential dilemma about only ever being used as a prop. Yeah, I know, yeah. He wants to be like an actor and a performer, but he only ever gets to be used as, used as a stage prop. Because he is one by nature, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what about you? Um, I like... P.T. Flea, the ringmaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just love that whole sequence when we see them, like, basically failing as circus bugs for the first time, and he's desperately trying to cling on to, like, the four customers <laughs> that he's got at his circus. I just like him as a character. I think he's great. His movement is great as well, because he literally, yeah. like, pings around like a flea. Yeah. And also, it took me way longer than I'd care to admit to get the joke that the circus is owned by the flea. <laughs> yeah. It's a flea circus, obviously. I had like a light bulb moment about 45 <laughs> minutes into the film. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> Bit slow on the uptake with my viewing. Um, but yeah, while we're speaking about character, I think one thing has to be acknowledged, which is that I definitely prefer Flick as a protagonist to Z. Yeah, man. I think Z is actually, in retrospect, really insufferable and not a very nice person. Yeah. Despite the fact that he has some absolutely incredible dialogue. But generally speaking, I would say the characters in A Bug's Life are actually characters, whereas in Ants, they seem to be more like proxies for a very sharp script. Yeah, with Ants, you can feel the detachment from who's saying the lines and then the character mm. on the screen. They seem to be like two separate entities that have been brought together. Mm. Whereas the voice casting in this film, like it's blended into the development of the character. Mm. I don't know if that's got something to do with the fact that you can recognize the celebrity voices being used in Ants a lot clearer. But I just feel like what the characters say in Bugs Life is believable for the character. Whereas in Ants, it's like you said, like it's a really sharply written script and it's probably the best thing about that film to be honest mm. but it's quite detached from the visuals yeah which sort of detracts from the overall enjoyment of it i think it's a similar kind of thing to like a joss whedon script isn't it because um mm. you know obviously he's another problematic figure they're just inescapable in this industry but um you know i'm a big joss whedon fan historically but one of the main criticisms that gets leveled against him is that all the characters kind of just sound like him yeah so he's got like a very pithy very witty script but the characters are more like avatars for sort of his dialogue and his witticisms. And I think that's probably a criticism you could level against Ants. For sure. Whereas in this movie, like we've said, all the characters are very distinct and unique to themselves. And I think one of the main things that makes that possible, which we sort of touched on, is that the animation in this movie and the general aesthetic is like miles above ants if we're being completely honest it's just it's not so miserable like ants is really yeah. like miserable in its aesthetic whereas this film is just a joy to look at mm. even though it's definitely aged like there is some details that you expect from modern pixar movies that are definitely missing here but it's just it's just really nice to look at and the characters are all unique and interesting like particularly i particularly like the um the moth yeah the colors you in that character are brilliant like you said the movement of P.T. Flea the way he pings around mm. like they're all just quite idiosyncratic and fun to watch whereas in Ants yeah. it was all a bit dark and gloomy and miserable and everything was the same and I guess that's sort of the point of the film isn't it yeah but it doesn't escape the fact that it's just not very 
very enjoyable to look at. Yeah, and I think the first shot of this movie, I think it's the first shot anyway, but one of the very opening shots of this movie, it's sort of like a landscape at sunset or sunrise or something like that. And there's just like trees and greenery Mm. and it's that classic Pixar sort of like medium long shot of just like a landscape that just looks very tranquil and beautiful and the colors are just popping because you know there's more than three colors being used which is not the case in ants (laughs) there's infinitely more detail in the surroundings and it it just has that classic pixar look that immediately places me into a state of comfort yeah and i think also you mentioned earlier they're on a similar budget so it's not like the technology being used is particularly different however i don't think that necessarily takes into account where that money's being spent Mm. so i think in ants it's much more likely that that money was spent on the cast you know, as we've sort of touched on. Whereas in this, I think the bulk of that budget has gone into making the film look as great as it looks. And because of this, they're just able to achieve so much more with the little details of the movie. So there's a lot of the mise-en-scene is just excellent. Like all of Flick's little inventions, because he's an inventor, isn't he? And there's just so many little things, like the way the bird is animated, the way his little digger machines are animated, even things down to his, he wears like a little leaf cap and a backpack yeah even little details like that just feel like a world away from what we're seeing in ants you know yeah well what i particularly like and this is something that i did pick up in ants as a criticism what i particularly like in this movie is you get like the little moments outside Mm. of the main narrative so like you get the establishing of the scene and the and the main narrative drive of the scene but then you'll get like a little nugget of comedy or an interesting little character beat that you didn't see coming so you know an example is right at the start there's a really lovely bit where they're all in a line to drop the food off on the leaf for the grasshoppers and a leaf lands in the middle of the line as the ants are queuing up Mm. and like one of them has an absolute crisis because they don't know how to behave because the (laughs) leaf's in the way so there's like little moments like that, you know, another one where a raspberry falls on an ant's head. Yeah. There's yeah. just like small little moments that add flavor and add color that just weren't there in ants. Yeah, it's true. And I think that sort of segues quite nicely into the difference in humor being used by the two movies. So because A Bug's Life seems to have so much more attention to detail in terms of its visual style, it means that the humor is a lot more visual in many ways. Mm. So yeah. the first joke that you see is a visual gag. It's a raspberry line on top of an ant as you said so already the target audience is being established as like a little bit younger humor that resonates with children is being placed at like the front and center and if you compare this to the first joke in ants and i'm not saying this to detract from either like i think the humor in this movie is really well executed and is really funny and i think the humor in ants is really well executed and really funny but if you compare this to the first joke in ants which is literally a two-minute monologue from (laughs) one of the characters that immediately establishes a very different tone to this movie yeah. Yes, you're right. There's a lot of very witty and very funny little throwaway lines here and there in this movie. But I would say the vast majority of the humor in this movie is actually physical comedy. Yeah. It's really well executed a lot of the time as well. And that that's like the MO of Pixar as well, isn't it? Like yeah. the precedent starts here, but in all of the films, it's the little nuances of visual comedy. Mm. Basically, like what Pixar do, I think, brilliantly well is they utilize the medium of animation to its fullest extent like they are awash with colors like the the characters themselves are all really unique and and different um the yeah the the detail in the mise-en-scene is sort of at another level and they can do things with scale and and shape that you can't do with live action so like they really do 
understand how to use the animated medium very well. Mm. Whereas you feel like ants wouldn't be out of place. Like you could apply that script to pretty much any other context, couldn't you really? And it would still work. Whereas I think A Bug's Life is a distinctly animated film. Yes. I know that sounds stupid to say, but I hope you know what I mean by that. I do know what you mean. One thing I will say though, just as just a minor criticism, you mentioned scale. And I actually think this movie missed a bit of a trick in terms of its potential to create more scenarios and gags involving scale. Because I think if you look back on Ants, there was like, that was one of the main things that drew me to the movie was the use of scale to create these perilous scenarios, you Mm -hmm. know, with the magnifying glass and the trainer and all these things that we spoke about in our last episode. Whereas in this, you're very much down on the ground floor with the ants a lot of the time. And there's only one or two moments where they play with scale that immediately come to mind. There's one where Flick is using a dandelion seed as a parachute. And then there's obviously everything that happens with the bird. But generally speaking, they don't utilize scale quite as much as I would have liked to, but I'm going to hold off on criticizing too much while we're still in this section. I think what they do really nicely, though, is that they take human objects and repurpose them for this, like, bug ecosystem so you know like the fact that the circus trailer is like a empty cookie box or something Mm. you've got the fact that the hideout for the grasshoppers is like an old cowboy's hat in the bottom of a dried out lake yeah so there's like they do repurpose things for the bug society but you're right but i think as well like the main narrative drive for ants is to find that insectopia and i think that gives the film the chance to sort of play really nicely with scale like the picnic scene is really sort of obvious and jumps to mind there in the magnifying glass yeah i guess what i'm trying to say more than anything is that i think in ants there's a much more dynamic use of scale yeah like they do use scale here but it's more used for scene dressing and setting yeah it's often the establishing shot of a location for a scene will be like what it is from a human perspective yeah it also gives a chance i think for a nice little intertextual reference to toy story i don't know if you noticed it no so one of the scenes so I think it's where sit, uh, Flick goes to the city it's like a garbage tip next to a trailer like a camper van and parked next to the camper van is the yellow truck from Toy Story yeah 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 and that's like an easter egg that appeared in quite a lot of these Pixar movies isn't yeah, it yeah. Um, also that scene is actually where one of my favourite visual gags takes place which is where you see this sort of like yeah again this medium long shot of this trailer and you just see the mosquito light uh, sort of hanging from the trailer and you just see this mosquito floating towards it and his friend is like no don't do it yeah, don't go like, to the light <laughs> i can't help it it's so beautiful yeah that's brilliant um i sort of forgot to pick up on something uh when we were discussing characters but i want to mention it really quickly because i do think it's quite important so when we were discussing ants we sort of mentioned and i don't think i elaborated on it as much as i could have done but we sort of mentioned how they really did a disservice to the female characters in that movie mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you brought it up and i and i think i sort of was maybe a little bit dismissive of it maybe i was a bit tired i don't know what it was but <laughs> i think as a point of contrast the the way this movie treats its female characters is like night and day in terms of ants. I mean, there's sure. immediate obvious points of comparison. Each movie has a queen. Each movie has a princess. The queen in ants, she's nothing. Like, she doesn't do a single thing. I can't, I can't even remember a moment with her in it. Yeah, she's not a character. She's just very, very passive. Whereas the queen in this movie is awesome. She's got a lot of attitude. She's got a lot of moxie. Yeah. She doesn't take any shit. And she has a really strongly defined character. She reminds me of that um, 
leader of House House Tyrell in Game of Thrones. What's her name? Oh, uh, Lady Olena. Yeah, reminds me of her, yeah. like the sort of like old woman with attitude. Like no nonsense whatsoever. Yeah, and so like good. it's such a marked contrast between her character and the queen in Ants, who is literally a blank slate. Mm. You also have the princess. So in Ants, it's Princess Barla. In this, it's Princess Atta. The princess in Ants is a little bit better than the queen. She does have a bit of an attitude. She is. She tries to be assertive, at least. Um, <laughs> but she's basically damseled from one location to the next. So Z kidnaps her and then Cutter kidnaps her back. And so she's just being ferried <laughs> by all these different characters from one location to the next throughout the movie. And it basically is just constantly waiting to be rescued rescued essentially whereas in this movie i like that they kind of flip that on its head a bit because it's the princess in this movie who actually rescues the protagonist flick yeah he ends up being sort of damseled towards the end of the movie and she's the one that comes to his aid and i couldn't tell you at all what the princess in ants's motivations are for example what her character motivations are whereas in this movie it's very clear she's nervous about taking over she's obviously got a lot of anxiety about the responsibility that's inevitably mm -hmm. going to be thrust upon her whereas in ants she's literally just waiting to be married off and then she gets kidnapped and then she gets kidnapped again yeah. and that's that well i mean i think you know all of the characters have good agency in this film mm. whereas it definitely wasn't the case in in ants i mean i said a lot didn't i about how i wasn't i didn't really get the antagonists motivations and they sort mm. of came right out of left field it's different in this film because you just sort of get what hopper's mo is like you know he's bigger and stronger than the ants but he also realizes that when they find out that they are more numerous he's in trouble so he has to just like rule with an iron fist you know even little character like other minor characters like dot princess dot mm. like she basically saves the day right and she's like an yeah. eight-year-old female character yeah um so i think that just generally like the film is written with every character in mind yes whereas i think ants was written with the sort of ideology in mind i don't know but you get the impression that the script for bug's life has been written to incorporate the characters Yes, and I actually think you've touched on an important point there. I think this is a very character-driven uh, narrative. The plot is very, very simple. And the dynamic between Hopper and the ants is it's like mafia protection. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a protection racket. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... Yeah, the plot is very, very simple and that allows this film to place emphasis on character. Whereas in Ants, you rightfully said they made the themes of the movie and the philosophies of the movie their central focus, yeah. you know, and geared the script towards that. And, you know, they're two sides of the same coin. So with Ants, that meant that had a bit of a detrimental effect on the film's ability to create interesting characters. And with this movie, I think that had a bit of a detrimental effect on its ability to explore complex themes, you know, which is something that I do want to touch on when we talk about the things we enjoyed a bit less but before we go there do you have anything else you want to mention specifically in this section no i think we've covered i think we've covered everything i'm just sort of buying time so i don't have to think of criticisms for this movie but <laughs> let's move on i think we, i think we've done it justice um so let's have a look at the stuff that maybe didn't work quite as well ladies and gentlemen boys and girls of all ages when your grasshopper friends get here we are gonna So Paddy, what do you think maybe didn't work quite as well for this film? Well, I want to preface this by saying I really did enjoy this movie. I'm not out to trash it, but I do think there are some things that you can criticise it, particularly when you do compare it to Ants. So we spent a large chunk of the last section saying this is what works in this movie and this is why it's better than Ants. And I think this, the opposite is also true. There are certain facets of 
ants that made some of the things I enjoyed a little bit less in this movie more obvious. I think I'm going to start with the more simplistic script in this movie and the approach to some of the themes. So I would argue that even though this is a a lovely movie and it has a nice narrative and it has great characters, the themes in the movie seem to lack the depth and the complexity of those in Ants. So the overall message and the overall moral of this movie seems to be something vague about rising up against bullies, (laughs) but it never seems to move beyond the context of the film itself. Like the movie's central message is stated outright by Flick towards the end. And it says, he says something like, Ants are not meant to serve grasshoppers. And, you know, that's fair play. <laughs> it's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But um, it's very <laughs> it's very hard to take that at anything other than face value. Yeah. I would say that the thematic elements of ants are very much adult themes. So basically existentialism and existing in a modernized world. Whereas I think the moral messages in A Bug's Life are aimed at children. I think rightly so, considering the nature of the film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're far more simplistic. Like the main theme that I got... And Less so the bullying thing. I mean, that's quite obvious. But it was more like accepting Flick for his differences and his out-of-the-box thinking. Like, the colony progresses and becomes more efficient when they adopt some of his inventions and his ideas. So there's sort of this Mm. theme developing of don't just poo-poo someone just because they've got a a new radical idea, because sometimes that idea can be the thing that saves you, um, which I think comes into play particularly at the end of the film. Yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think that the... Thematically, Ants was far more interesting from an adult perspective. Well, yeah, because at the end of Ants, I was pondering all sorts of questions related to individualism, collectivism, existentialism, authoritarianism, a lot of isms. There's a lot of isms in Ants. I mean, the characters <laughs> fucking unionized. You know what I mean? Like, and I think there's a, there's a line at one point where one of the ants says to another, oh, buzz off, pawn of the oppressor. You yeah. Know? So there's a real explicit political vein running through that movie. So at the end of that movie i was pondering all these interesting questions which sort of fed into our discussion a bit whereas at the end of bug's life i was simply agreeing that okay maybe ants aren't meant to serve grasshoppers but yeah there is one other thing i want to touch on and this is the final thing i promise and then we can move on and this is to do with the pacing of the movie so one thing i will say is that despite only being 10 minutes longer than ants they're both like like Ants was an hour and 20, this is like 90 minutes. And despite only being 10 minutes longer, this movie does drag at points. I feel like Ants was able to hold my attention much more successfully, mainly because the script keeps me engaged and I'm like constantly waiting to hear the next joke or the next funny line of dialogue. I feel like it does a lot more with the limited time that it has. It's a much tighter, much more efficient script. And even though the narrative beats are fairly similar, there are certain stretches of this movie where it doesn't really feel like much is happening. I was never bored when I was watching Ants. I was unsettled and maybe not enjoying it as much, but I was never bored. But I was here occasionally. And I remember at the hour mark, I checked the time and I was genuinely surprised to see there was still over 30 minutes left because I could remember the general structure of the narrative. And I was like, hang on, other than attacking Hopper with the bird, I'm not really sure what's left to do now. Mm-hmm. And there was still half an hour to go. So I guess that was my final criticism. There was a few moments where I found my attention waning. Fair enough. But that is basically it from me i'm sorry once again how do you feel about moving on to discuss the things we change about this movie i feel good about moving on from the bad section okay let's do it so where is it where's my boat 
Okay, so what we usually do at this point is we'll discuss changes we'd make to the film if we were given the chance. But I think as this is, you know, our unique comparison episode, mm. I thought what would be a little bit more in keeping with the gimmick is to mm. take these two movies and maybe just... You've been tasked, okay, with making your own version of a bug-related animated movie. Like, what do you borrow? What do you leave from each of these films to make your own one? Like, let's let's blend the two together. Like, how would you do that? Well, I think, obviously, it goes without saying, I would take the script from Ants and the themes from Ants, maybe leave behind some of the darker stuff. Yep. Maybe we don't need to see bugs being beheaded and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, the ter- the termite battle all seems a little bit much. Yeah, it? it does seem a bit much now. But yeah, I take the script and the themes and the generally more adult tone of the movie and blend it with this movie's visual style, its attention to detail and its characters. Because what I would mm. really love to see is I would love to see these characters which are incredibly three-dimensional explore some more adult concerns that's more or less how i would play it what about you yeah i totally agree i think that what ants lacks is creativity visually and i think that that's bug's life's like incredible strength and i think that is sourced from the fact that a bug's life has an abundance of different insects being utilized in this film Mm. whereas you can count probably on one hand the different insects being used in ants, which is a real shame because if you think about it, you know, think of the gold mine of creativity like the insect world actually is. Like mm. the variety is almost infinite, right? And I just think that having lots of different species of bugs doing their own individual things is the absolute like strength of a bug's life. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Like maybe up the ante in terms of the narrative a little bit in a bug's life think about some of those more adult thematic elements but you cannot beat pixar's visual style and i don't think dreamworks has ever managed to trump pixar in terms of visual style no like even their more modern offerings don't really stand up even close to pixar but they just do something different don't they that just works yeah and other production companies can't come close like sony have tried it as well and by god they failed yeah some of those sony animation movies are really really gaudy and horrible but Pixar always managed to knock it out of the park with the visuals. And I think that's what you need to rely on, really, if you're going to take anything from them. Yeah, I agree. And I think normally this would be the point in the episode where I ask you whether or not you think you need rose-tinted specs to enjoy this movie. I think it's safe to say that you don't. I'm just going to get that out of the way. I think yeah, we can both sure, agree. Yeah. You, you don't need rose-tinted specs to enjoy this movie. It absolutely holds up. It's really enjoyable. But what I want to ask you instead is, overall, we've done the cherry-picking from both movies. We've identified what the strengths and weaknesses of each movie are. But overall, do you have a preference? Which one do you prefer? Like, this is you and I. We mentioned this in the previous episode. You reminded me that we had this debate when we were at uni together over a decade ago. (laughs) Somehow, I have fucking no memory of this. You're probably drunk, mate. Yeah, just a drunk. Ah, mate, Ants was way better than But yeah, in the distant past, you and I actually had a conversation about which of these movies was better without either of us having seen them in years. What is the conclusive answer to that for you? For me, I think Bugs Life is better. Mm. Um, And the reason for that is it's a kid's movie and Ants really 
is trying to be a kids movie and an adult movie and isn't quite doing a good enough job of either. Whereas I think, you know, A Bug's Life has put all of its eggs in the children's film basket and is just playing that to the absolute nth degree. Hmm. Um, And I just think, if I'm going to go to the cinema and watch an animated film, I want to marvel at the beautiful animations and Ants Mm. just doesn't have that. Yes, the script is much better and has some much more interesting themes in it that can actually be discussed at, you know, university level philosophy. Hmm. Bugs Life doesn't have that, but in terms of what these films are animated kids kids films a bug's life does it so much better and yeah when i watch an animated film i want to enjoy the visuals more than anything else and i think that you know there's no comparison between the animation styles of these two films yeah hmm what about you i think i'm gonna cop out and genuinely say i don't have a preference Oh, what the hell, man? (laughs) No, I know that. Throw me under the fucking bus. (laughs) No, no, no. No, no, no. Listen, yeah. I know that sounds like a cop-out, but this is my justification. It all depends on context, right? It really, really does. If I want to watch something pretty and relaxed, let's say it's a really lazy Sunday, you know, I just want to relax and watch a movie, I would pick Bugs Life, hands down. If I want to laugh which I think is an important factor in both of these movies. They're both meant to be comedies. I would watch Ants any day of the week. So Mm. I think it really does depend on what mood I'm in. In terms of which movie has more strengths than weaknesses, I would probably lean more towards A Bug's Life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't land one way or the other, but... Ah, you're so lame, man. No, no, no. Listen, I'm happy to give this one to you. Okay. Okay. (laughs) In terms of the official rose-tinted kind of which one still holds up better, I'm happy to defer to you and say it's A Bug's Life, but from my own personal preference, I genuinely find it very difficult to pick between the two. Okay. So, effectively... What you've started there, mate, is it's one nil to me in the comparison episodes. Oh, so we've shit. got we've <laughs> So when we ever do this again, you've got to bear that one in mind. So, you know, I'll take that. I'll take I'll take the early lead, but um we'll see how it goes with the comparisons that we do in the future. That's actually an interesting question. What other films can you place next to each other like these two? I was thinking Digimon. <laughs> Is there a movie for Digimon? <laughs> There's like 30 movies. Oh, They're still Christ. churning them out. And I'm actually genuinely curious to watch Digimon again because I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, Digimon sucks. It's just a Pokemon ripoff. Meh. <laughs> But I think if we're talking about like franchise parallels where they were released around the same time, they seem to be have been created more or less independently from each other, but they share striking resemblances to each other's universes. Pokemon and Digimon is the is the one that comes to mind for me. Um but yeah, as far as our listeners are concerned, let us know which of these movies did you prefer? Are you an ants person? Are you a bug's life person? Get in touch, rosetintedmovies at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at rosetintedmovies. We want to know your opinions. We want to know which one you preferred. Absolutely. Also, let us know which other movies we should be comparing in future. Are there any other franchises that you think share immediate parallels with each other that you'd like to see face off against each other? Get in touch. Let us know. We, we want to hear from you. I could practically see the tumbleweed blowing through our inbox <laughs> as, as, as I speak. Uh, dear. But um, yeah, I think that just about does it. Before we go, I do need to say thank you to Dilettante for letting us use their song My Dress as our theme tune. So go check them out at Dilettante Songs. But yeah, in the meantime, I have been Paddy. And I've been Ollie. And we have been Rose Tinted. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>